eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. A, 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 a Giants podcast for Giants fans. By Giants fans. It's Sean Morash and Paul Dotino. Down the sideline, into the end zone. Touchdown Giants! From the offseason, through the wins, and the losses, it's time to take one, one, one giant, giant step. step. Happy Moral Victory Monday to you. It's John Morash. It's Paul Dottino. It is one giant step as part of the Odyssey family, 2400 Sports, and the regular season is concluded. And if we were doing this podcast in past years, I think immediately this podcast would become, is our coach surviving? Do we wait to tape to see if the coach survives? What do the Giants do at quarterback, the draft? We will be having none of those conversations today. Instead, we should be asking Do we have the coach of the year? How much money does our quarterback need to make? And more importantly, how big a threat are the Giants in the playoffs? Paul, happy moral victory uh, Monday to you. (laughs) Good morning, Sean. Great to be with you on such a pleasant New York morning. Uh, Giants at 9-7-1. And, And, you know, the only thing that I just want to kick this thing off with is that we tried to tell folks that that tie against the commanders would eventually wind up being something really, really good that they should have been happy about. Well, guess what? That tie against the commanders is why the Giants are in the playoffs today because had they not gotten that tie and had they lost, they would have finished in a tie with Detroit. Detroit beat the Giants. They would not be going to the playoffs. That yeah. tie. That little hanging chad the punt. Is, what, is what put the Giants into the postseason. The punt everybody screamed about. How could Dable not play to win now? You're absolutely right. Now, of course, uh, you know, the Giants would have inevitably played yesterday differently, and who knows, you know, what would have happened. The Eagles certainly didn't look crisp, but you're right. 
tie was not a loss and people pouted because they wanted resolution in the end. It helps out the Giants greatly. And we would all sign as we do for the nine, seven in one season that we've been gifted here as Giant fans. All right, Paul, you know, before we get to, you know, threats in the playoffs and, you know, kind of surveying, maybe looking back some of these games, you mentioned the line game, geez, the Seahawks game ends up helping the Seahawks get in yesterday as well. So many of these little moments throughout the year. Let's just start with this. We both said the right thing to do was this giant team not being deep enough rest as many key guys as possible. I would argue yesterday, it might be if you had to you know, pick the five best moments of Dable being a coach this year, how about him mathematically using the inactives and figuring out the bench actually found a way to give even more guys a rest than I imagine they would. I mean, I'm even shocked Darius Slayton got three snaps the way they were able to work out uh, and do this. you got a lot of Cager, a lot of Vinette, a lot of Galladay, a lot of Marcus Johnson on offense. The offensive line was completely reshuffled, except essentially for Nick Gates and Ben Bredesen. And defensively, uh, outside of Landon Collins and a little Micah McFadden, you basically saw none of the regulars what an astounding job with the numbers game between inactives and and having a guys having how many guys were actually active that Dable played this game of chess and really gave everybody a blow. I mean, geez, Jalen Smith and Isaiah Hodgins had off in this game. Yeah, I I had expected that all week, Sean, and and was not surprised in that regard because I know what Dable's mentality is and and I know what what the the climate was with the Giants going into this game. Uh, the thing that did surprise me. And I kind of thought they might do it. They wound up going the entire game playing a formation with only two down linemen. They played Fox and Zimenez 100% of the time in a four-man front with two stand-up linebackers and two down defensive tackles. They never changed the look, right? And, and, And that was because they knew they were thin along the defensive line. They knew that Williams... And, and uh, uh, Lawrence were not going to play. And they didn't want to take any more chances than they had to. They knew they had the extra linebackers. Carter Coughlin and Cam Brown could have given them more snaps. They only gave them some cameos. They could have given them more snaps if they needed so. So in the positionless defense that Wink Martindale always preaches, he figured, let's just go with two guys down. The, the two defensive ends will be stand-up defensive ends, and that was Zimenez and Fox. There were even a couple of snaps in the game where, you know, Gerard Davis obviously yeah. played over 90% of the snaps. He played fantastic, he, 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 too. Yeah, he, he played well, but there were, there were even a few snaps, if you may have recalled, where the two defensive tackles had gotten dinged up and tired, where the Giants went with a four-linebacker front. Wow, Which, I didn't even pick up on that in real time. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Wake, Wake, Wake Martindale knew exactly what he was doing. He was incredibly crafty. And the beauty of it, too, Sean, is that even though we had a four-man front with the two stand-up defensive ends, he still came with a number of blitzes and wasn't afraid to show Philadelphia that he would remain his aggressive self. And I need to re- remind folks, there's still a possibility the Giants will play Philadelphia in the second round of the playoffs. So in addition to all of what you saw yesterday with all different personnel combinations, which basically gave the Giants a chance to try out a whole bunch of different things with different players, it also works as an outstanding tool against the Eagles, who will try to look back at this film in a couple of weeks and say, what are we supposed to do with this? Right. It, it, it was masterful. 
Yeah, and, and by the way, we'll bookmark a couple of these players that I think did themselves a lot of good as far as going forward on tape, whether it be for next year or for the postseason. But I will say this, that was also part of it, right? When everybody, or if you were a Giant fan that wanted to play the starters, and honestly, if you really, really had to like sit on the therapist couch with some of the Giants fans that wanted the momentum and bring it up 07 and everything. Oh, God. The reality is, Paul, at their core, if we really peel back the layers, they just didn't want to sit and have to watch three hours of a Giant game with a bunch of backups. And now that we're through right. it, I think everybody could realize smart move oh by the way like i texted you guys last night look at the chargers and brandon staley getting crushed playing his guys going for momentum and getting two guys and mike williams and bosa hurt and we'll see what their future is that could have been the giants and the giants could have been in real trouble that being said you know when you play the game of you know is it best to have momentum or is it best to rest the starters somehow some way paul the giants end up i think checking off both boxes because look You'd be a fool to think that the Eagles showed all their cards last night, even with playing the starters. Clearly, they weren't going to empty out the playbook versus this very basic defense the Giants were going to run. However, in the end, I mean, the Giants are an onside kick away from making things really dicey versus the Philadelphia Eagles starters yesterday. And I got to think, Paul, if you're looking at playing the Eagles potentially, we can only hope in two weeks, something like that, right? If that if that scenario unfolded and the Giants just showed you everything they had and came up short, well, where's the momentum in playing the Eagles then? Now you've lost them twice and you've given them your best punch. Now the Giants didn't give them their best punch and played a much better game versus the Eagles than they did a couple weeks ago. And by the way, if you were one of these starters sitting out watching the backups like, like Timon Fox get after it, I got to think that this actually maybe gives the Giants a little better a mental game when playing the Philadelphia Eagles the way things turned out yesterday and the way the game unfolded, Paul. You know, I think we should give the Philadelphia fans something to chew on besides their pretzels. And and that would be this. The Giants played 98% of backup defensive players throughout the entire four quarters. Philadelphia came into the game as the number one red zone defense in the league at over 71%. They were one for five red zone offense, in the right. red zone. Yeah held to field goal after field goal after field goal after field goal. I had talked to Dave Spadaro of Eagles.com before the game and asked him, at what point do you think that Sirianni would like to get his starters out of the game, knowing that, again, they don't want to risk injury. They've got a playoff season to come. And he said, I think he's going to need a three-score lead. Well, he got it to 19 nothing. But then in the second half, the Giants came roaring back and never let them actually get to that point where he could start yanking everybody. Yeah. The Giants made the Eagles work. And, and I just think it's very impressive. Uh, it says a lot about the grit and the character of all of these backups who gave their best shot and forced the Eagles to actually sweat it out and use a little elbow grease to, to try to ensure the victory. I, I think it showed yeah. a lot. I think there's a lot of feel-good feelings coming out of that Giants locker room after the game. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And, Paul, I don't know if you got a sense of this, and not that we should dig too deep into the opponent, but it may matter in a couple weeks, and we're not trying to overlook the Vikings. I still don't think Jalen Hurts looked right. It it felt like they were playing him because they felt like they had to to make sure they secured the division. But that was not the same Jalen Hurts we saw a couple weeks ago. It is very clear to me that he is not 100%. And I didn't expect him to use his legs as much anyway. You know, you try not to get hurt. But that, I mean, that could be a real, real, not that you root for injuries, but a real change in how you feel about Giants-Eagles if that's the Jalen Hurts you get. Well, if you're asking me for my power rankings in the NFC, Philadelphia had been number one most of the year. Right now, it's the San Francisco 49ers. I agree. They've easily jumped over Philly in my power rankings. Uh, I will also mention Miles Sanders, 11 carries for 33 yards. Uh, That wasn't wasn't a joke. That was a Giants rushing defense that has gotten better toward the end of the season. And again, with their backups, totally took Sanders out of the game. I think that's actually something that you can you can hang your hat yeah. on. That's pretty significant. We'll because get to Philly when Sanders was in that game, they they were trying, man. They had their top guys in there, and they're supposed to be so potent. And um, hey, yeah, I will say this: the Giants got to figure out how to deal with Scott because oh, every time man. he plays them, he turns into Alvin Kamara. It's the only okay. team he kills. The only team he kills in the NFL is the Giants. It's amazing. Austin Scott, what a pain in the rear end he is. And by the way, not even a fourth quarter touchdown. This was early in the game. Scott yes. Comes in. Yes. And I've watched a lot of Eagle games. They never use Scott like that, but it's like they see the Giants like, well, we know he's going to score here. It's ridiculous. Uh, and we'll get to the Giants on the offensive side of the ball in a second. And you may have a guy or two, Paul, but I just want to, you know, as we talk about the backups that played and maybe, you know, I think to me, really positive signs. The one guy, the one guy that I think stood out the most that I now can tell you, no matter what happens in the postseason with this specific player, I am anxious to see next year with a bigger role. I think that guy is Cordell Flott, Paul. I thought he had his best game as a pro. I thought he was really strong in coverage yesterday, uh, you know, staying with receivers. And I think that when you take a guy in the third round, a third round pick is supposed to be a starter at some point on your team. I kind of got the vibe from Flott yesterday that he's come a long way in his rookie year and he'll be ready for a bigger role next year. You know, Flott has got a lot of promise. I thought Rodarius Williams was somewhat inconsistent in the game. But he showed some really good flashes, and I've been telling people about him since last year. I thought uh, Dane Belton coming yeah. up with that nice interception and could have had a second one. He had one go right through his hands. Uh, I thought that was incredibly significant. By the way, Pinnock did bang up his shoulder, had to leave the game. The only injury reported by the Giants, you have to wonder if if that may uh, bode uh, uh, a foreshadowing of their sub-package Belton may wind up getting some more snaps right. again. And he was a part of it early in the, the year, playoff. right? Right. Yeah. yeah, that could happen. And so it was critical for Belton to, to show well uh, last night. And as you mentioned, uh, I, I don't want to leave out uh, Fox and Zimenez, who, despite playing 100% of the snaps yesterday, continued to get after it and, and tried to do as much as they could 
to give uh, Hertz some uh, duress in the pocket. So I think there were a number of guys yesterday, even Gerard Davis. Yeah, he played well. Intrigued with the way he played. And how about McFadden with the sacks? I mean, McFadden was in the backfield all game long. He was fantastic. By the way, Paul, and it, it's so insignificant, but I'm curious when you do watch the film, there were many times it jumped out of the TV. And I, I granted, when you're playing 100% of the snaps, you're going to get tired. I thought O'Shane Simenez took like 50 bad angles. Like he was always the guy breaking yeah. contain. And that's how the Eagles escaped to the outside. It was like, that was the one thing that kept getting noticeable. And even I'm like, there's Simenez again, breaking the outside and boom, it's up. He the was very over anxious, yeah. uh, Sean. And I, and I know I look, this was his game where he knew he was going to play virtually the whole game. If not all of it, he turned out to play all of it. And I, and I think he was just really, really souped up and wanted so badly to make a play. You know, he's, he's human, Sean. He right. sees Thibodeau and Ojolari having a strong month and a half to finish out the season. And Zimenez is saying, well, I had some flashes earlier this year. I got to make some more flashes because right. I want to earn my reps too. That makes sense. That makes sense. Now, Paul, let's transition to the offensive side of the ball. All right. I'm going to start with not the quarterback. We'll get to the quarterback in a second. It, the Talking topic has to be Kenny Galladay, right? Because Kenny Galladay is somebody, and it came out in the New York Post, right? He was somebody, one of the Giants players that paid that, you know, playoff clinching dinner tab, you know, for a guy who has basically been ridden to the bench, big contract label, one of the biggest busts maybe in New York sports free agency history. He's yet continued to just put his head down, say the right things when asked, practice, be a good teammate. And it feels like a pity party. But, and I know that I also said it last week on the podcast and I gambled it anyway. Boy, I thought the moment of the game was Kenny Galladay scoring that touchdown and catching it the way he did. And I felt great for him. Like, I didn't laugh at him and go, you suck. You know, like to me as a Giant fan, I actually felt really happy for Kenny Galladay yesterday. I think it was a dual happiness because you also felt great for Davis Webb. Of course. You know, throwing right. that touchdown to him. The thing about it is, and and we've told everybody this, if they've been with us all season long, and I hope you have because you've missed a lot if you joined us late. The truth of the matter is Kenny Galladay has been a really, really good teammate. And he has busted his ass every week, every day. I've told folks it's the biggest mystery in my 40 years of covering this team why he hasn't had that spark or that breakout moment. Well, what we saw in Philadelphia with that outstanding athletic catch in the back corner of the end zone is something he did in Detroit for several years. That's why the Giants paid him what they paid him, because they thought they were going to get a bunch of those plays each and every yeah. month. And now we finally saw it. Look, again, I'm not talking about 2023, because there's a postseason to talk about. Yeah. But imagine if Kenny Galladay can make a few of those plays in the next month. Just imagine what that oh. might do for Daniel Jones. To me, that's the most interesting thing to come out of this game when trying to project anything to the postseason because, let's face it, you know, a lot of this stuff was rewarding guys. Dable got creative. I mean, onside kicks and fake punts and everything. The one, I think, true talk topic, if, if you were to really think about this, is you saw Dable with his arm around Kenny Galladay when he scored the touchdown. That's a guy who obviously had so many drop issues. And, look, Galladay wasn't burning past D-backs. I mean, you saw Slay and Bradbury, not easy corners to get past all game long. But. Kenny Galladay at his core when he was at his best in Detroit was a contested catch king. All right. 
The Giants clearly are a team that's been very good in the red zone now. You see Galladay go up and get a ball like that in the end zone. The question now becomes, for this postseason, not that you're going to abandon all the chemistry you have here with Hodgins, Slayton, and Richie James, but is there room for some Kenny Galladay growth in the red zone here as we head to Minnesota? Well, I think Dable's going to consistently go back to what he has said all year long. We're going to see what happens in practice every day. You know, if Kenny Galladay over the course of this upcoming week balls out and and shows as he has continued to work that he can make those plays, why wouldn't they give him a couple of shots? I mean, I look, I, again, I, it's a mystery to me why they haven't tried to get him going earlier. Yeah. But I will say this, Sean. I will say this. Just imagine putting him, Slayton, Hodgins, Bellinger, even if you wanted to go empty backfield and run Barkley or Breed out into a pass route. What are you going to do as a defensive coordinator if all of a sudden you said to myself, well, damn it, Kenny Galladay just woke up from the dead. I now have a 6'4 skyscraper who can burn me in the red zone. I can't leave him alone. Right. I, I got to I gotta assign somebody to him. Yeah, it changes everything. It changes the look, and that can only be a positive. So as much as Kenny Galladay might be a bust and might be gone at the end of the year, if they can somehow, some way, even in certain packages, use him to their advantage because his confidence, more importantly, might be back after yesterday, I think, that I just, I think that's enormous and it shouldn't go unnoticed. Now, the quarterback, Davis Webb. Two parts of this. Before we get to his play on the field, it was reported on the TV broadcast side of things that you know the Giants kind of knew all along this was going to be their plan. Now, for those who don't know, Davis Webb, before joining the Giants and coming down with Brian Dable and Joe Shane this offseason, was offered the quarterback's coach job with the Buffalo Bills to retire and be Josh Allen's quarterback's coach. Now, clearly, if you want to consider how you fast-track up the coaching ranks in the NFL, you know, being a quarterback's coach for one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL is how you quickly become an offensive coordinator and then eventually Super Bowl. Bingo, that's a great job to have. He turned that down to keep playing his career, and that was clear why the Giants kept him on the practice squad. They couldn't let him turn down a job and get rid of him. This felt like a reward for all the hard work he had put in. Give him an NFL start. Do all of this. Before we get into his actual play on the field, Paul, felt good for him. All of that. His family up in the box. I got all of that. Do you think that sits well with Tyrod Taylor as a quarterback that he couldn't start this game yesterday? Doesn't matter at all. Ty- Ty- well, Ty- yeah, no, no. I know it doesn't matter at all, but you're talking about a guy that we have guaranteed money to next year in Tyrod Taylor. I mean, is he gonna is he going to be a good teammate about this? Because if I was Tyrod Taylor, I'd be like, you got to be kidding me. Tyrod Taylor has been another one of those first-class guys ever since I met him when he first came down okay. here in the spring. Well, that's and, what I'm and, asking. So you think this, you know, he'd be fine with it? Oh, I, I don't think there's any question because Coach told uh, Jones and Taylor and Webb very early in the week what the plan was. And Taylor and Jones both, both immediately embraced it and did everything they could to help Davis during the course of the week. Uh, look, if if secretly in the back of Tyrod Taylor's mind, he's saying to himself, gee, maybe I would like to have had some of those snaps. I suppose that's only human and only possible. But outwardly, I watch these guys conduct their business all week. Tyrod Taylor is a class act in every way and a great teammate. And by the way, that's known throughout the league. Remember, he's been on a handful of teams. This is not a guy who hasn't had been well-traveled. He has always been that kind of guy. So I don't I don't think there's any issue at all. And to be frank with you, 
I don't know. Davis Webb may decide not to play next year. Maybe, and I don't know this, maybe he had already made up his mind that this was my my last hurrah. And and that could have factored in the decision as well to get him to get him the start. I'm not I don't know that. Right. Maybe, no, but maybe, I can see it. You know, yeah, no, no, maybe he does it. come back. I don't know. And you can see the evolution in the growth poll, right? Because we've seen a lot of Davis Webb in the preseason a couple times now, clearly. But he went in that first half, it felt like Davis Webb couldn't play the position in the NFL. I mean, he was running around. And a lot of it was bad offensive line. It was play. a jailbreak. It was crazy. It was crazy. And, you know, but the second half, he settled things down, right? And the run game helped him. The Giants ran the ball well yesterday, and he started seeing the field better. Clearly, when you're running out of the same package over and over again, it's basically just Cager, Marcus Johnson, and Kenny Galladay. It's not exotic at all. He really did settle down. And, I, you know, I felt really comfortable, really good for him. And he has, by the way, his touchdown run reminded me a lot of Daniel Jones's winning touchdown run yeah. his first win versus the Bucks, so it was a feel-good yeah. moment I think a lot of us you know maybe from the outside were a little caught by surprise obviously you probably expected Webb to be active because Jones wasn't going to see the field but when that news came down that he was starting you felt good for him um and and by the way Nick Gates the one guy who kept playing on that field as soon as Webb got knocked out of bounds came over continued to be the, the ultimate teammate defended him and stuff like that so you can see the guys really really liked it so now Paul as as we spin this forward but before you go yeah. on to the next point, Sean, nine quarterback hits for the Eagles, but they did not sack Webb once. No, I think it's important to note his mobility. He's not the most athletic guy in the world, but yeah. he had his capability. And in the whole first half, he was running for his life, and he wouldn't let them let him go let let them get him. I I just think Davis enhanced his his value. And it would not shock me if he does continue to play next year because he did prove something to people yeah. yesterday. Yeah, and, and yeah, I mean, look what Josh Dobbs has done with the Titans. I mean, there's rooms for guys like that. Now, Paul, it should be noted too, the Giants did give up two sacks yesterday, but they yeah. were on Jamie Killen and Lawrence yeah. Cager. So it's just so, you know, on a fake field goal. Yeah, yeah, amazing. <laughs> on a fake field goal and then a wide receiver option. Yeah, Which, it, by the way, and an onside kick, gadget plays that the Giants coaching staff wanted to show everybody. Right. right. Yeah. Oh, and you know what I also forgot about Webb? Which shows you how great a coach Dable is. And Dable might have rested everybody still cared about winning that game. How about when Webb takes the back-to-back delay of game penalties? Dable looked as angry as he would have been in a week four game. I mean, the game means nothing. You start everything. You've, you're giving Webb this start, you know, for his career. And he is berating Webb. Yeah. Late in this game on the back-to-back delay games. Now, I laugh clearly, but Dable does not stop coaching, man. How great is no. that? No. So no, great. he does not. And, and you know, the thing is, because he and Davis are so tight from their time in Buffalo, uh, he does expect a lot more than maybe most people do out of Davis. He's worked with them. He's tutored them. He's seen them play at practice every day. He understands that Davis Webb has something to offer. And I think he was probably as mad and as frustrated for Davis for making those mistakes as he was for himself because I think he wanted Davis to put his best foot forward. And for the most part, he did. Yeah, no doubt. And that, you know, who knows? That could have been another touchdown on the board or whatnot. Now, the. Going forward here, Paul, the playoffs are set. The Packers end up not making it. It ends up being the Seattle Seahawks, who got very fortunate yesterday to even hang on and beat the Rams. You look around the playoff landscape, and you're talking about a postseason now that's going to have teams quarterback by Brock Purdy, by Geno Smith, 
by potentially Tyler Huntley and Teddy Bridgewater. Obviously, you have the two young guys and Lawrence and Herbert in the AFC, and you talk about what's going on in the NFC. Cousins, Jalen Hurts. This is a different feel as far as quarterbacks go, and suddenly you look around, you start playing the quarterback game. around. Now, AFC obviously has the three big ones. Daniel Jones is right there in the conversation as far as these NFC quarterbacks go. The Giants will get Minnesota. We now know it will be that Sunday late window, 430 prime real estate in the NFL here. They're going to put the New York market there. Giants and Vikings late Sunday, Paul. And by virtue of the way the seedings work, the Giants cannot play. We'll have this right. No, they can play. The, no, they, they can't. They cannot play the 49ers until a potential conference championship game. And I right. think we, we all can agree that looks like on paper to be the most difficult matchup for the Giants. So, Paul, we obviously will break down the Viking. We don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves. Yeah. But I will say this. The Giants, we see what they've done this year. We've seen what they've overachieved. But as the league is broken, as the landscape's gotten there, and as we've seen the Giants play some of their better football in the last month, I got to say, there is reason for optimism and reason for belief that this just simply won't be one giant step of a token quick playoff appearance. The Giants have the ability and have it laid out in front of them that we could have some fun and, and screw around here in January, maybe win a game or two. They are not a just happy to be here team, Sean. Yeah. Let, let's make that very clear. Dable will not let this team be that way. These players will not let themselves be that way, especially after the Minnesota game a couple of weeks ago when they fell on a 61 yard field goal on the final play of the game. Anybody, anybody who thinks that the Giants are like deers in headlights and just thrilled to get to the postseason and will be a quick and easy out is making a very, very serious mistake. Now, I don't think the Vikings are that naive either. So believe me, they're going to prepare hard and they're going to prepare well and they're going to look at that game and say, holy crap, maybe we took the Giants a little lightly two weeks ago and we're going to have to be at our best to survive this game. So I'm not telling you that the Giants will win, although early in the week, I'll tell you, I feel pretty good about their chances. I do too. At the same time, Sean, at the same time, if the Giants were to fall in a very hard-fought tug-of-war tussle, I think these players and this coaching staff would be incredibly proud of what they've accomplished, especially in light of the fact that nobody gave them a chance in hell of doing anything this year. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. But we could all rejoice and and hold hands and we'll get through. I will tell you, Paul, I'm happy it's not a primetime game. However, <laughs> yeah. However, we're going to get through three playoff games before the Giants finally do play. Uh, Sunday morning, I know you, Paul, you never sleep. I, it's going to be 7.38 in the morning. I'm going to be walking the dog pacing back and forth going, get me to 4.30. I can't believe this. So, uh, you know, that's that. Now, Paul, you looking forward to free? Are you going to head there? Are you going to Minnesota? Are you going to freeze? Well, we don't have a choice, uh, yeah. you know, because the weather there is going to be cold, whether or not we're going to land on Saturday uh, or otherwise. Hey, I just am thankful for the roof. I, yeah. With all due respect to Bud Grant, and, and I love Bud Grant, I don't understand how he made his players not only play in the, the old Met in Bloomington all those years in the deep freeze, but refused to give them any heaters on the sidelines. How the hell did he pull that off? Did you see Dan Campbell's face last night in Lambo like Coughlin? How do you do? What are we doing here? Hey, no, he was gonna... almost looking like Coughlin, right? Now, Paul, are you going to be a big Mall of America mall walker to stay warm and get your walking in here? 
Oh, I will. I will definitely look. I did it during the last trip, and then obviously there was that incident, right, which right. Uh, we don't need to talk about. Right. But uh, let's just hope that things are all squared away and safe over there, because yes, the mall will see plenty of souls of my sneakers. No question <laughs> I, about it. I love it. All right, so. Folks, here's the deal. Later in the week, we're going to come back. Obviously, we're going to give our, our game prediction. We're going to look ahead to all the normal stuff we do, but really dig in the weeds here, what the Giants need to do that they didn't do a couple weeks ago to beat the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, and obviously, we will track the injury reports and all of that stuff to come, but the Giants feel like they're going to be a relatively healthy team with all of these guys, including Paul's, we hope, Dory Jackson as well, should be on the field next week here versus the, or this week here versus the Vikings. So, Paul, it's going to be a long, fun week of practice, but where can everybody get all their reports and get you on Twitter here? Yeah, hit me up at uh, Giants WFAN. And, you know, I, I will say this, Sean, one one thing about it, and, and because the Giants have only been to one playoff appearance in the last decade or so, uh, this is going to be a fun week, I think, for all of the New York metropolitan area who follow this team because you learn to appreciate the good times a whole lot more after you've kind of been wrestling in the mud for a yeah. while. I can't wait. I'm so excited. I, I am in lockstep with you. Um, you get me at Twitter, at CBS, And obviously, thank you to our producer, Adam. And thank you for him starting off the show last week when I had difficulties. And uh, thanks for uh, holding his own on Boomer and Geo as well and, and not just folding – uh, like a cheap suit. So thank you to our producer, Adam, as well. All right. We will be back at the end of the week with our playoff game preview. It's wild card weekend Sunday, 430. Thank you. Taking one giant step with us. <laughs>